Welcome back to the Back Pain Podcast. This is episode 95. Again, I can't believe we've done 95 episodes. My name is Rob Evan and I'm the co-host of the Back Pain Podcast alongside Dave, who's joined me today all the way from Essex. Hello, guys. So today we're talking about imaging again. Imaging is a, a hugely tricky topic to navigate in the world of healthcare and no part more so than explaining what your findings mean or understanding what your findings mean from your report or from your scan. And it's incredibly easy to either dive into what we call a purely structural explanation of pain, which is you know pinning the reason you have pain purely down to one small structure, or the other end of the spectrum, which is completely dismissing the changes as totally normal and shouldn't be causing any pain at all. Now, these can leave patients scared, confused, and kind of really unsure about how to, how to progress, really. So we're here today to explain some common imaging findings and explain how we would explain them if you were sat in front of us. So hopefully this will help you make some sense of your own scan results or your scan reports. Welcome to the Back Pain Podcast with Rob and Dave, the only show geared specifically to help educate you about your back pain. We talk to the experts to bust the myths, break down the science and give you all the top tips for living pain free. So if you're driving to work, tidy in the house or even laid up at home in pain, we have something for everyone. So first off, we must say as we jump into this episode, as always, if you do have a scan and you do have a report, getting someone to explain them to you is really vital. And the, a bit of a problem, I'm sure Dave, you've seen it too, where people have a scan, they might self-refer for a scan, they might, you know, that's and they get basically get a printout of a report or they ask the, the GP for a printout of the report and then go away and look up all the terminology. And it sounds pretty scary, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that you can you can always find some choice words in most reports that are going to uh, throw up some pretty um, aggressive, shall we say, Google searches um, and can make you think the worst when those words aren't in context, both with the report as a general and, of course, with your findings, as we've said so many times before. Um, so the, the ability to relate that report to you, your structures and your pain is the most important mm. thing. So I love the idea of, you know, being able to self-refer for an image. I mean, it's quite a cool idea. However, there's just so many pitfalls that are actually yeah. creating more pain, more long-term disability. Yeah. So hopefully as, as you know, I know that Dave and myself do, and hopefully your clinician, if they're referring you for a scan, should have pre-warned you about what to expect. And that's pretty vital. And as we're going to cover in this episode, lots of people have findings on scans that, as Dave said, can be blamed on your pain. And, you know, we'll talk about the stats as well, about how common some of these findings are in people without back pain. And this is also the reason we don't just blanket scan everyone. The diagnosis which a clinician comes up with is made of your medical history, which is what we call your subjective findings, you know, the stuff that we ask you about. And then also your findings, which you might have on any physical examination. And together, those results are combined with any imaging to consider the likely diagnosis. So it's kind of a bit of all of it rather than just one. A scan isn't just a purely diagnostic tool. But I think, Dave, we should jump into some of the, you know, kind of more common terms or more common phrases that, you know, people listening or patients might have heard from their scans or heard from their clinicians, if you're okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to start, Rob? Yeah. So sh should we start with, again, this is probably quite a, a good one that a lot of people will, you know, worry about kind of, I don't want to say unnecessarily because I'm not diminishing it, but a lot of people will come to us and worry or they feel they've been diminished by, by another doctor. And that's when the doctor or clinician or report comes back and says, my scan came back as totally normal. And obviously there are kind of nuances for oh, that, yes. yeah, which is a big one. Um, and I think, you know, from our perspective, 
this is a really good thing, isn't it? You know, you know, in terms of as a clinician, it doesn't mean you're not in pain, but from our perspective, it's important because it means there's nothing sinister going wrong. There's nothing sinister, you know, there's nothing concerning that we kind of really need to worry about right now. And I think it's important, and this is what I say to a lot of patients, is pain doesn't equal damage. And that's really important. We've said this so many times on the podcast. So the pain that you feel doesn't mean that you've necessarily suffered or occurred any damage. These MRIs, scans, X-rays, CT scans, they can't see pain. They, you know, they, they aren't a pain scan. They are just literally a snapshot in time, aren't they? You know, of just a, a, yeah, a snapshot of just how you look right then and there. That's it. And then many of these the structures in your lower back from discs and nerves, joints, muscles, you know, can all cause pain. And it can be a combination of all of these things as well. And it not, might not necessarily show any signs of irritation or anything on a scan. But this doesn't mean that, firstly, you're not in pain. It doesn't mean that I don't believe you're not in pain. And it doesn't mean that it won't get any better just because we can't see there's a problem. So that's a really important hit-home message, you know, because people will think mm. that, oh, there's there's nothing on the scan, but I've got so much pain, so nothing can be done about it because they can't find the problem. You know, and then, you know, as we said, most people have back pain anyway. Back pain is very, very common without any changes on imaging. So, you know, I, I hate the term and I don't often use it with patients, but what we like to call non-specific lower back pain, which can sound a bit crappy, really, can't it? But that, you know, it doesn't mean that we don't know what's going on. It just means that we can't nail it down to a to a single structure. So, you know, as I say to patients is, the good news is that we treat all of these, you know, these back pain cases in, in an overarching similar way. You know, the umbrella principles, you know, are effectively calming it down and then building it back up, back up again. So that might mean reducing, modulating, but rarely stopping activities that might be aggravating your pain, whether that's, you know, cleaning a sport, it might be driving, whatever it might be, just whatever we can do that's aggravating it, try and calm it down. And that might also include some other interventions that can help to reduce the pain. It could be a prescription from the GP or from the pharmacist. It could be some hands-on manual therapy, some treatment, some stretches, lots of different things that we can do to help modulate or reduce that pain. And then the most important advice is about keeping moving little and often, you know, trying not to push through pain unless someone specifically told you that that's a good thing to do. And then once the pain is more manageable, we can then start to reintroduce some of those potentially more aggravating activities. You know, that might be what we call a graded exposure where we do things slowly and often and we'll gradually expose people to these, you know, alongside some exercises, which might help prepare people or prepare you for doing that aggravational activity. I don't know if that's, you know, similar to your type of approach, Dave. Yeah, I love that, Rob. I mean, one of the, the my favorite things you said there it was that, you know, if your scan came back as totally normal, this isn't a dismissal. You know, this doesn't mean that it, it won't get better or you do not believe, you know, the doctor or the, the practitioner doesn't believe you're in pain. The pain's real. It's present. You feel it. But it just means that it can't be seen on an image. Remember, MRIs don't show you pain. They show you changes in structures or, or structures generally. Um, so, it's not to become despondent if your pain is not, sorry, if your, uh, your scan is normal, it's a bloody great mm. thing. There's nothing fractured or out of place, if you like, or, or, or wrong there, but it means that there's a different um, uh, causation to your pain just not found yet. That's okay. Um, if anything, we should all sigh a huge sigh of relief when scans come back as normal. It shouldn't be a negative. We should be hip hooraying. Yeah, and it just means, you know, maybe a different approach is needed. If you've already been having treatment, if you've already been having, you know, whatever that might be, you know, treatment just means that something, you know, 
might have to be altered, something might have to be changed, just in order to give you the the, the most pain relief as possible. So it doesn't mean you're going to be written off by uh, but by, by whoever's whoever's looking after you. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'd say it's a, it's a win and a great starting block to have a normal scan. It's not a negative. Yeah. So the next one, David. I don't know if you want to uh, want to take this one. This is the kind of you know what we'll call the umbrella terms of normal age-related change, or you know NARC, normal age-related change, and that encompasses lots of different terminology, which we can uh, you know go over in in this part. If you want to take that one, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. So so look, we've got normal age-related changes, or NARC, as Rob said there. Now, this is a big one, as we said earlier. Uh, many people will show signs of what we call age-related change on a scan anyway, so, so that's okay. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a cause of um, pain or symptoms. It could just be what we call an incidental finding, so something that was going on underneath the surface that wasn't causing any issue. A large issue here is that not many spines look like they actually do in a textbook. So as Julia Gover said on this very podcast, uh, the only place you find a, a textbook spine is in a textbook. But this can look quite scary when you first see it. Um, the analogy most clinicians will use is comparing these findings to a grey hair or wrinkles that you might find. So these happen to everyone that don't cause pain. They aren't a sign of damage necessarily. It just means that you have used your skin, or in the case of Rob and I, have young children. So it's a, a change that is expected and will happen naturally over time. It doesn't have to cause pain. So the features that will happen to most people with age, and by age, I'm afraid we're talking from around, uh, what is it, 20 plus realistically. Um, these include signs of degenerative disc disease, uh, which is a horrible term, I know, but it's, it's describing the actual very normal process of the discs dehydrating over time. Annular tears, or the preferred term fissures, uh, which is a change or a separation to the annulus, which is the, the tough fibrous material uh, and structure that makes up the outside of the disc, and it can look like literally like a tear. However, uh, these are not the result of an injury necessarily, and they will happen to nearly all discs that so show some sign of, of age-related change and dehydration. Um, and the more age-related change and dehydration there are, there's probably more likelihood of having more fissures. So again, these are a normal um, uh, appearing um, uh phenomenon. Uh, facet joint arthrosis. Oh, I like this one. So facet joint arthrosis or arthritis. I think you say facet, Rob. Um, maybe I'm Americanized. Who knows? But yeah, facet joint arthrosis. Now, look, as we age, our bones do too. We know this. Um, the facet or facet joints, which are the joints that link each vertebra together, like little Lego bricks, can show what's called arthrosis or, or, or an arthritis, if you like, where they become a little thickened due to extra bone growth around the area. Now, again, this will likely happen to everyone at some point in your aging cycle, uh, in all of your joints, not just your spine, by the way, and it isn't necessarily a predictor of pain. Occasionally, this extra bony growth uh, can grow into where the nerves are exiting the spine. So essentially, a bony growth grows into a place where it's not meant to be. And in some, but thankfully not all cases, this can cause things like sciatica. So it can cause a, a pressure on the nerve. So this happens very, very slowly over a long period of time. For those of you who have sciatica, especially if it came on suddenly, 
and it's all being blamed on facet joint arthritis, there are likely many other factors at play here leading to your pain as well. So this is why a great examination and intensive medical history from an experienced clinician is very, very important. So some of the features can be responsible for back pain, but they don't predict you having back pain in the future, nor will you get worse as your spine changes as you get older. So just because you've been told you have DDD age 22 and you have some back pain, it does not mean that your pain gets worse as you get older. That DDD, by the way, is a degenerative disc disorder or degenerative disc disease. So yeah, it doesn't mean that your pain will continue to go, um, get worse as you get older. It's not a predictor of future pain like that. Remember, you can have just regular, non-specific back pain. I'm sorry, Twitter, we said the words. Not all practitioners like that for any non-practitioners listening. Um, and you can also show these changes, which may have nothing to do with your pain. These can be incidental findings. And what can often happen is if we focus on these incidental findings, things that were going along in the background with nothing, um, nothing to do with the actual pain, we can focus on the wrong area, mistreat, and therefore not create the, the proper, um, uh, proper uh, um, prognosis, the proper outcome that we're after. There we go. Um, now, look, are we saying that these changes never cause any pain? No, not at all. Sometimes these changes are exactly what's causing your pain, but that cannot always be seen on an MRI, and we don't want to over, um, uh, overstate their importance on pain if they are simply an incidental finding. These changes probably happen slowly over time, and many, many other factors have likely contributed to your current pain. How does that sum it up, Rob? I think that's, uh, yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. I think that's, uh, you know, as you said at the end, that the the skill of that clinician then, or, or us, is working out when that person's in front of us and they've got back pain, sciatica, whatever it might be, and then we're looking at an MRI report. It's working out, okay, which of these changes are normal, which ones might be contributing to pain, which ones might be a cause of the pain. And that's our job at the end of the day. Once we have a patient who, who, might, we, who might have turned up with a scan or we might have sent for a scan, it's working out, are these changes relevant or are they not relevant? You know, as he said, if you've you know, got, some, got someone who's 20 in front of you and, you know, they've done a heavy gym session, they've got some back pain, you know, looking at the, at the evidence, mm. there's a 37% chance that age 20, you're going to have some normal disc degeneration on an MRI. And that's if you don't have any back pain. So when we're looking at all the people without any back pain, age 20, nearly 40% of them will have some signs of disc degenerative disease on their MRI. But if you've just done a heavy gym session and you've overloaded yourself, the chances of that being the cause of your pain in a lot of cases is going to be very small. So, and then that's our job is working out, I said, why this person has pain, is this relevant? But then in the downside, if that person hasn't spoken to a skilled clinician or hasn't spoken to someone who really understands them or hasn't taken their history and understands their exam results, and they're sat there and mm -hmm. look at the scan, they don't take into account that they've just, as I said, done a heavy gym session or they've you know, just moved house. And they say, oh, yeah, you've got some back pain. Oh, I can see you've got, you know, um, degenerative disc disease in your spine. That will probably always be there. The implications of that are vast, are huge, you know, and it only takes you to, to do a quick Google search for, for degenerative disc disease to panic you, you know. And that's even for myself, who generally I'd like to think understands this more than, you know, the average you know, non-clinician. You know, it's scary when you read all this stuff, you know, and I'm look, you know, looking at that uh, at the data now on how common a lot of these findings are, 
Disty Generation, age 20, the, remember this is people without back pain, nearly 40%. In your 30s, 52%. In your 40s, 70%. In your 50s, 80%. And remember, these are people without pain, and it just goes up and up and up from there. Um, and even things, you know, we're going to come on to, you know, disc bulges and stuff in a minute. We're looking at facet degeneration, you know, 15% of people in their 30s, 20% of people in their 40s. You know, these are changes which happen to everyone with or without back pain slowly over time. Annular tear or annular fissure, that's another one, is about 30% of people without back pain at all times, you know, throughout throughout your life. So these are our common findings, you know, across the, um, across the world. And if we put the wrong... You know, stress on how we explain these to patients, it can cause huge implications, you know, for life, really. Absolutely. I mean, in your 40s, so the uh, so 50% of 40-year-olds with no back pain image, 50%, that's half, had some sort of disc bulge through their spine. Incredible. With no pain. So if you're 40 plus, there's a 50% chance you will have uh, some disc bulging notable on an image of your back but that's not causing your pain. So if we just start banging MRIs of everyone, we're going to start attributing it to the wrong thing. We're going to place focus on the wrong issues. Exactly. And I think that's, so that moves us on nicely then to kind of disc bulge, which you know, we, is kind of our next, Ooh, on, yeah, let's do on, it. our next topic. So when we talk about disc bulge, you know, we're talking about bulges, herniations. There's lots of different nomenclature that's kind of used when we're talking about the disc bulge. And this includes things like slip disc, which people might have heard or, I can't think of any other topics off the top of my head. Um, that pe- that any other words? I think slip disc is the common yeah, one, isn't it? People yeah. will, will, will often come in to say. So, like those aging processes that we've spoken about above, disc bulges can also, as Dave just said, occur in people without pain. These discs that we have in our spine are very strong, they're stable, and they certainly don't slip in and out of place, which I know we've harped on about way many times before. Now, there are many different types of disc bulges and herniations, and it's often the location of that disc bulge is often more important than the actual bulge itself because people have these bulges. These bulges happen very slowly, incredibly slowly, over a period of time and can cause pain, yes, if they irritate local nerves. And this might be referred to as neural impingement, neural encroaching. People might say they're pinching on a nerve um, and it's where they're irritating the nerves as they leave the spine. But there isn't a linear relationship between this compression and pain. As mentioned, these happen slowly over time, you know, and you can have impingement on a nerve with absolutely no pain at all. Your MRI can look, and I quote, horrific, as I've heard some people say, or say, you know, various people say to uh, say patients, MRI looks horrific, but you can have no pain at all. But then other issues can, other issues at play can cause it be, to become painful at that point in time. You could have done too much of an activity that you weren't quite accustomed to or prepared for. You know, you could have slept poorly. You could have had extra stress going on in your life. You could have suffered with a period of depression. There are lots of things which can contribute to your pain. We like to use the rule of twos when we're talking about how injuries occur, which is injuries occur after doing too much, too often, after doing too little for too long. And then <laughs> when it, you know, when these, when when that that bulge can you know irritate the nerves that exit the spine, it can cause a bit of sciatica, or I say a bit, or can cause a lot of sciatica when you give pain into the buttock or into the leg. But as I say to my patients, is what I will say almost verbatim, is the good news is that most of these sciatica flare-ups will settle over 6 to 12 weeks on average. The disc doesn't have to go back in for the pain to go away, and that's a big thing. A lot of people think, well, how does that disc go back in? You know, it's going to have to come off the nerve for the pain to go away. But if the pain has settled, 
A, it doesn't mean the disk has gone back in, but it also means you don't need another scan to confirm it. But in the meantime, it's safe for you to go about your normal activities. It's safe to keep moving and it's important to keep moving where you can. And a bit like when we talked about at the beginning with that kind of more regular back pain, there are lots of options to help manage your pain in the meantime. Now, the, the caveat I give to, you know, pretty much all my patients with lower back pain, but even more so importantly with people who I suspect have a disc issue, is that I give them a warning about cord equina syndrome, which is that very rare condition we've talked about before where disc bulges can affect the nerves that control the bowel and the bladder. So some warning signs about what to look out for there and where to go if you do have them. Now, if you are worried about that or you'd like to know more about cord equina syndrome, please go and check out, I think, episode number 40. Um, we did a whole episode right. on Rob Ty, um, on cord equina syndrome with Rob Ty, which is a really, really important episode. If you don't listen to any other episode, I'd argue that's probably the most important episode that anyone with back pain should listen to. It's too important, too important not to miss. <laughs> I like it, Rob. Um, well, look, so in, in a bit of a, a conclusion, I suppose, um, remember a, a scan shouldn't be used to solely diagnose your pain. A scan is just a snapshot in time and it's used alongside your medical history and your exam findings uh, to discover the likely cause of your pain. Um, and we say likely like that because actually we have to make a guesstimate based on those three factors. There's not often a definitive causation of pain. We have to link all those three factors together. You can think of a scan to confirm what the clinician already knows and to rule out anything else rather than a, a purely diagnostic tool. So it's another mm. additional tool in the arsenal yeah. to finally land on that conclusion. Yeah, makes sense. And as, as I said at the beginning, you know, we'd always advocate that when looking at your scan results or your report, to, well, firstly, be careful, but make sure that you have someone who knows really what they're talking about there to translate for you. You know, that scan or that report will describe everything that is seen on that image at that particular point in time, whether it's responsible for your pain and you're not, whether it's, I can't speak today, whether it's responsible for your pain or not. <laughs> Uh, you know, if, if you've had two weeks of lower back pain after moving house and you have a scan which shows you've got facet joint arthritis, you know, five disc bulges and degenerative joint disease and, you know, 12 annular tears, annular fissures, it might be understandable that you're rather scared and confused. Totally get that. But the chance of all of this being unrelated to your pain and you having a normal spine, which is quite sore right now, is far higher than all of this being responsible for your pain. And the job of us and any good clinician is to be able to describe those changes and explain to you that, yes, spines can get sore after doing things. That doesn't mean they're damaged or that these normal changes are solely responsible. And it's also a job to reassure you that your spines are strong and they're stable and they can put up with a great deal, but they can get sore and really bloody painful at, <laughs> at times. Anyone with back pain will, uh, <laughs> will, will, will certainly attest to that, you know. And I think, you know, the radiologists who read these reports and read these scans are brilliantly talented. They're phenomenal at writing reports on scans. But remember, they're not looking at you as a patient. They're looking at just that scan. And what was the quote about a wedding that we've spoken about that Dave, uh, David Poulter said? Oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, so trying, to guess, um, is it, trying to guess what's causing pain for an MRI is looking at a wedding photograph and trying to guess which guest is the drunkest. Is that correct? <laughs> yes. Or to paraphrase. Yeah, yeah. paraphrase. Yeah, it's, yeah, that was it. It was, it was looking, at a, looking at a scan without, without you know, knowing the history or the, or, or the patient. Yeah, it's, look, it's like looking at a wedding photo and trying to guess who the drunkest. You might have some idea, but you don't really know. You, know, you, can, <laughs> you, might, you might have some idea. So, you know, I'll reiterate again. Pain doesn't equal damage, and back pain is very rarely due to one singular cause. 
So I hope that's cleared up some of the more common scam results or terms that you might have read or heard about before or have been thrown around. And there are loads more that we can discuss as well from spinal stenosis to spondylolisthesis and others. Um, you know, I think we should probably save that for a, uh, for a part two. I was going to say, I feel a part two coming on, Rob. Yeah. No, definitely. So thank you everyone for, for listening to the show. As always, thank you all, everyone, for the support that you've given us. I can't believe we've done 95 episodes to date. It's kind of gone in a, a bit of a whirlwind. So thank you, everyone, everyone <laughs> who supported us. As always, if you are someone who is suffering with back pain and you're looking for someone to help you, head on over to our website, thebackpainpodcast.com, where not only you can find lots of information on our blogs, you can also pop in your postcode to our provider map and you can find someone local to you to help you out with your back pain. And these are people who have been triage and have been scanned by us to make sure that you're getting the very mo the very best most up-to-date evidence-based care for your back pain along with a similar message that we've been advocating for the last 95 episodes or so <laughs> fantastic brilliant oh and always as always as i forgot to say as i'd say forgot to say a lot of times is follow us on instagram please follow us on instagram um or twitter oh, or twitter or facebook just type in at the back pain pod to your favorite social media platform and I'm sure you can find us on across all of them. And don't forget to share this episode with any friends or family who needs to hear this valuable information. So that's it from me. And it's goodbye from Dave. Thank you, guys. We'll uh, go off and start writing part two. Will do. Enjoy. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Over and out. Bye.